0: The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.
1: Viva la raza!
0: I got that passion that's lasting long. Los mujeres fall in love with that Latin charm. One woman isn't enough, amigo. Siempre volviendo. Las mujeres porque soy latino. And I'm tough and tough calling your bluff,
1: cuz. I lie, I cheat, I steal.
0: What? I lie, I cheat, I steal. I don't care. Hey, yo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, everyone joining us tonight. They got no idea. That's it.
1: No context and you'll not find out no, why I just did exactly. that exactly exactly oh maxi it's wrestlemania week it is it is and we are gearing up to watch some gilberg potentially next week
0: oh I cry it doesn't feel Bastards. it doesn't feel like wrestlemania week does it
1: do you not think so i'm actually nah. really enjoying the build with uh with cordy i think you know, it's, it, it's been different it's been fun yeah, okay, See,
0: That's probably the problem. I've not watched much of it. So.
1: <laughs> well, t- there you
0: go. <laughs>
1: is it WrestleMania? Uh, How would you know? I haven't watched since last WrestleMania. Well, pretty, to be fair,
0: that's not far off. <laughs> but I mean, even stuff like the, the the Hall of Fame is like one of my favourite nights of the year. I love it. I mean, they added Stacey Keebler in the last couple of hours
1: Ray, to this year's... Rey Mysterio's going in.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rey Mysterio. I get that. But there's only four inductees as we stand. The Hall of Fame is what five nights away
1: you know it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem like a big deal I mean the good thing is if you need that fix you're going to get some Hall of Lame at least today
0: well this is true this is oh I got a stormer for the Hall of Lame this week mate
1: well I don't think he's better than man but here we go
0: oh challenges okay fair enough yeah I just don't it don't feel like Wrestlemania week to me well I'm gonna watch Raw or scan for it at least and Smackdown's on the same night as the Hall of Fame ceremony now isn't it you know so I'll probably check that out on the Saturday but yeah it's like I just don't feel maybe maybe I'm getting older I don't know
1: I mean that is very true you are incredibly old Um, you're older than me yeah but I I don't act my age whereas you do do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. I think uh, I think it's going to be a, a really good WrestleMania this year. Yeah. I mean, they've not they've they've done pretty well. I think since like you had 32, which was a horrific mania. I think they've uh, upped the game for the for the showcase of the mortals, and especially in the pandemic era when. It was a struggle watching uh, the likes of uh, Drew McIntyre celebrating to nobody. Yeah, uh, was... I think they've really kind of like, put lots of effort in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Mm.
0: I, I suppose in ring as well, you look at it, you know, Rollins, Logan Paul should be pretty decent, I imagine. You know, the triple threat for the IC title sounds good as well.
1: Uh, the tag titles with the Usos against. Uh, uh kevin and sammy mm. that should yeah. be good i mean charlotte flair versus Rhea, that'd be a banger yeah that's true yeah
0: okay anyway. I'm, I'm more excited now <laughs> You've won me forget, over.
1: brock versus Ormos. oh my god a, i hope that i hope that headlines back too it's not gonna it's... <laughs> I
0: hope it does. Uh, when that was announced i thought we got weeks and weeks and weeks before mania this isn't going to happen. Somehow or another, this is going to lead into something else, and Brock is going to be doing something else. But here we are, five days away from six days away, and I'm thinking,
1: oh shit,
0: that's actually going to be on the card, isn't it?
1: You know, he op- he'll open one of the nights, and then by the time the second match has started, Brock has gone home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Cena, Austin Theory is opening night one, apparently.
1: It is, yeah. Apparently, so. so I okay. mean, that's going to be a good, a good, mm. a good match. Mm, there we go. So yeah, there's a lot to be excited for, Sai. You're am Yeah, I'm not, okay. I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to it. There we go. You in the last four and a half minutes, or however long <laughs> I've done more you... to get you in, interested in WrestleMania than the whole of Raw and SmackDown.
0: And and the news that after WrestleMania, we're going to get a new title belt. Apparently, Triple H has ordered a new one to be made. So. Yes, because he's going to split the yes. Uwu
1: titles.
0: Yes, bringing back the big gold, I hope, mate.
1: Nah, the the old winged eagle. Corday has got form as well. I mean, he brought back a a bastardized version of the RC tile, if you remember. Yeah, he did. So he may bring back uh, a WWE version of the the winged eagle. Yeah, I suppose. Oh,
0: he's got to win first. Listen,
1: it's tacked on that that guy's winning. Mm -hmm. That story of him leaving... To go to form another company to come back, he's got to win on it, surely.
0: Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think yeah. so. But I thought it was tacked on for Edge to win last year. Was it last yeah, year?
1: That's true. And the time that uh, everyone thought that uh, that Roman was beating Brock, and they switched it on the day, and oh. Brock the title that Vincent said, "Fuck off, you prick."
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic! Anyway, Maxie, we're six minutes in nearly already. Jesus, yeah. it's all. Yes, a 15-minute match to review well true 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 so we better begin Afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you'll be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Psy, si, an SJP World Media Production, episode 114. I am Psy, si, and with me as always is the sold out to my air fried sprite, nom nom nom, the pound stretcher to my suspected lecture, but never charged, never charged. A podcaster that, like the NWO in 1997, runs his own pay-per-views, OnlyMags.com. The podfather himself, Lord Mags, I would ask how you're doing, sir, like I normally do,
1: but I know you're poorly again, mate, aren't you? I'm always, I I, I mean, we were talking just before we started uh, the show, and I am sick to the back teeth of being poorly, and I can't, since having COVID, I cannot shake a cold or a sore throat—it's just absolutely annoying. Uh, I will tell you, this morning I, I thought I was going to have to bail again on the show because I sounded like my balls had dropped with the with the voice. It was like ridiculous. But well, it would
0: have been about time, to be fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the wife is still feels disgusted about about the ball being <laughs> tight up there. But yeah, uh, I made it. I made it to the show because that went dark. I hope she's not no, watching. Yeah, that's a, that's, sorry, that's sorry, fact. love. I didn't mean to spill the beans there. <laughs> <didn't mean> <laughs> it's not the first time
0: the you said tea. that either. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's funny, man. it must be like long COVID or something. You must be like,
1: yeah. there's I'm something damped. going on. I'm just yeah. dying. Yeah, I yeah. hit my peak, and now it's just a quick drop.
0: That well, this is it, middle aged, mate. That's the thing. Apparently, if we if Crazy. we are mi- supposed to be middle aged with our current, you know. Ages age. are now. <laughs> With so, our I'll, current age. But that means that, I, in theory, that means if I'm, I'm middle aged, that means I should live till 84. So I'll take that. That's not <sighs> bad innings.
1: I don't want to be here at 84. No. Imagine what this world is going to be like in another 40 odd years. It'll be it's fine, fine. grim because, now.
0: Yeah, but it'll be fine for me because I'm not going to understand any of it. <laughs> so out <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Savage <Sanders> is already <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> I'll be oblivious. It'll be fine. Magsy, who has joined us in the chat?
1: Well, we had a very early start with Chris Bellis. Hello, sir. How how are you? I hope you're still around. Have he hasn't put his clock forward, does he? <laughs> That's brilliant. That. <laughs> the wife complaining today. I can't put the clock forward in the car. I can't put the clock forward. In... So I've left it to it. Um, Sharon, with the with the the weekly, um, the expected. It's Monday night. You know what that means cam griffin the gilberg number one uh fan in the chat hello sir how are you king's pig's bladder as well um hello to you sir dan griffin good evening to you cam again saying yes oh i felt i felt old doing that that's never let me do that again <laughs> sharon says charlie says hi cwf uh well hello to you charlie Dan Griffin preparing himself early for potential next week. I mean, you've done stage one. You've still got to get to stage two and voting Gilbert in. If it gets put up, we'll see just about for, that.
0: Just for clarification, it's WrestleMania weekend.
1: Gilbert. We could be looking at
0: so much great Gilbert wrestling.
1: deserves it oh fuck uncle goodness. juicy tv gilberg is dirty than my babe station wanks i mean gilberg is a struggle of a wank to be fair but manageable hi charlie <laughs> if, there, were, <laughs> if, or, if only there was a gilberg versus barry horowitz match i mean wow what a clash of the titans jesus christ uh what a hall of fame hall of fame or an appearance on scene CD- We i mean there no. Exactly, Gilbert doesn't need a hall of fame because he potentially will be on CWF. Uh, Connor, hello, sir, how are you? Scottish Danny in the chat, hello to you, Stabber. Um, Cam says, as Kingsman's better says, Dan's missed uh, an opportunity to uh, with that uh Gilbert versus Barry Horowitz match. That, I mean, that's a WrestleMania headliner if you've uh if you've ever seen it, of course. But Dan comes up with the facts, there have been two matches that involve. Maria Horowitz and Dwayne Gill. Um Cam says that uh, that's gonna be his first podcast appearance. I'm assuming reviewing he's uh, them. <laughs> reviewing them matches. That'll be amazing. I mean, if we get if those matches get picked, we should have Cam in to review him with us. I'll have the week off. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 if i'm watching gilberg you're watching gilberg uh, dan Griffith says they need to split the bloody titles then cody can have a shit rain on raw kill that like Jarrett. Kill natural and we can see the bloodline play out on smackdown <laughs> that's a really good idea um dan says he'll old cam to to being on a podcast and then says the world ends in nuclear war All that is left is cockroaches, nuclear mutants, and Sar wondering how to start the chair. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever watched uh, Mitchell and Webb, uh, that Mitchell and Webb look, they do a show, um, like a game show that's set after uh, an event, uh, an apocalypse, and that would be Sar hosting that show with literally nobody watching whatsoever
0: just on the top of a hill shouting his as like can.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, giving away a bit, uh, Scottish Danny, giving away a bit of evidence there. I'd be, i wiping that clean before you, you put it up on the, on the chat, uh, Danny. Um, Chris Belly said, I found Goldberg versus Barry Horowitz from Funder. Nah, it, Goldberg is a pale imitation of Gilbert. It's just, it's just a mockery. It's a parody. And Scottish Danny agrees, Cam on, on chain wrestling. So perhaps that, that could be a, a thing. And then finally, on the top of the hill, shouting and rolling cheese.
0: Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. But if I'm the only one left, I'd need two hills very close together, so it would roll down, go back up, and come back. To
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> momentum would stop it, so you'd, it would just not be in reach for you the second time. Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. Uh, okey-doke then. Okie doke. All this Hall of Fame talk means, I suppose, we better get on with our next segment, the first segment of the week. That's the opposite of the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about some shite Magsy. Let's chuck it in the Hall of late The Hall of oh. L- Bang on cue. Bang on cue. I, mean, I, I have. Shop.
1: I was so eager for the Hall of Lame this week that I jumped the gun a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right, what mean. I mean. <laughs> mate. Twelve, 1, well, nearly thirteen minutes into the show, I've just got the Facebook reminder telling me to be ready to start a show in five minutes. Thank you, Facebook.
1: Oh dear, dear, dear.
0: Okay, doke, Maxi, what do you got for us?
1: Okay, so there's uh, quite a few wrestlers in in um, the world of pro wrestling that have had is. their own gimmick matches or matches, uh, gimmick matches that are kind of linked to them. Um, so you think of the undertaker is linked to, I mean, he's linked to casket matches, arguably hell in a cell, uh, buried alive, that kind of thing. You've got the likes of Ken Shamrock linked to the lions, Den match, um, Raven linked to Raven's rules matches. Um, so you think of WCW mid two thousands and they're uh, trying to jump on that that MMA craze only four years behind uh, the WWF, and they come up with an asylum match. Now in two thousand WCW there was one wrestler that that stood head and shoulders above everyone else who, who should have been linked. To this match, Jeff Jarrett. The star that is Tank Abbott. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we get to May the 22nd. Uh, Nitro was uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's the home of uh, Scott Starner. Holler! If you hear me! And he's getting a standing ovation, and he tells the crowd uh, that it's good to be home and there's nothing finer than a 69er with Scott Steiner, which I mean, you can't argue there. Um, but he, he starts reminiscing about uh, a conversation he had with his friends and they said he'd probably end up in jail. Uh, but he said he's not worried uh, about uh, going in the cells because Wherever he goes, he brings the cells with him. And he points to uh to something hanging above the ring. Uh, and Tony Shivane on commentary acts all surprised because there's a there's a cage hanging above the ring. I mean, the, the cage has been in camera shot multiple times before yeah. this, but you know Tony Schiavone, uh he's a uh, hands it up quite a lot. Um so Scott decides he's going to uh Um, basically introduce his, his new match, the asylum match. Uh, And he said that there's rules to this match. Uh, One pretty major rule that it's easy to get in the cage, but there's only one way to get out of the cage. And that's by saying I quit. So essentially this is a submission match inside of a cage. Okay. But this is not just your typical cage. Now you think of hell in a cell. You think of elimination chamber, war games, all these matches that involve cages, straight and, jacket cage match. I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> that's the first that comes to my mind. Of course, uh, I mean e- even the Punjabi prison match. They all have one striking similarity: that that cage surrounds the ring, so the wrestler still has. The ring and perhaps part of the uh the um the ringside to work with to, mm-hmm. to make this a wrestling match. But that's not how Scott Steiner and Vince Russo want it to go. So the cage that lowers down it actually fits inside the ring without even touching any of the ropes. So you think of a square, 16 by 16 square, this circle, essentially birdcage. Comes down and fits perfectly inside the ring with plenty of wiggle room. So imagine how cramped that is for six or odd. Oh, it's it's very circular. It's incredibly circular. So this uh, this this cage starts coming down, and Scott says he only wants two people to to face him in asylum matches, and that's his brother Rick and the aforementioned Tank Abbott. So, first first uh, match, only Rick appears. Tank doesn't show up. Uh, and the match is on, and the two brothers are starting to battle as this cage is lowered down. Um, and as the match kind of progresses, it's quite clear there's there's several like uh, problems with having a cage uh, inside the ring. There's the workspace. There's uh, there's no room for for actual wrestling. The cage isn't secured to anything. So whenever a wrestler is thrown into the cage, it moves. Oh my God. And then, um, the, the mesh that goes around. I mean, like I said, this is a circle, so it's not, um, secured tightly over, over corner posts. The mesh has a lot of giving it. So Scott Steiner, for instance, is thrown into the cage and, is his full fully outstretched arms are pushing right against the mesh before the rest of his body even comes into contact with it? It's it's ridiculous. Um Scott attempts a couple of uh of his uh patented suplexes, but with having no space, they look incredibly botched. Um luckily this match doesn't last too long. Um and it's um it's about three minutes. Uh, three and a half minutes I so in that Scott locks in the stand recliner um, and it's just as he's about to win we hear Goldberg's music and out comes out comes the guy but he ain't Goldberg it's Tankberg he's got a, <laughs> a roar on his uh, locker room door and everything Tankberg and Tank has brought some bolt cutters with him now he clearly didn't hear the rule that Scott said that this uh, this match only has one way of ending and that's our quit. Um, so he brings the bolt cutters to the cage, snips two little uh, wires on the mesh, gives it up as a bad job, throws the bolt cutters away, smacks the referee, Mickey J, square in the face uh, and I don't know if it was a working punch. It looked pretty, pretty shooter. Grabs the, the control box for the cage, lifts it up and then uh Rick and uh Tank proceed to kick the living shit out of Scott. So the first ever asylum match where the only way out is to submit ends in a no contest when neither opponent submits. Now it didn't go well let's 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 be fair but we'll give it a second try and that happens the week after. Oh god <laughs> so, they don't leave any time, <laughs> they don't want you to be able to review or digest it. They're just firing episode two straight at you. Um, and just as this match is about to start, Scott announces that there will be a third asylum match, but that will be a great American Bash in a couple of weeks, where when he'll be taking on Tank Abbott. But in this match, uh, asylum match two, Starner Boogaloo, he's taking on. Franchise Shane Douglas. Now Shane obviously watched the first one and thought, "Fuck that for a game of soldiers!" <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. So Vince Russo had to kind of sugar the deal, and he uh, he says that this match is for Scott's US towel. So um, um Shane Douglas is happy with that. Goes down to the cage, and in. Probably one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in wrestling in a long time. Shane uh, is Irish whipped into the cage. Now, normally you would think he, uh, a wrestler would, would like slam into the cage and act like it's hurt, like it, on my back or that kind of thing. Shane Douglas bounces off the cage like he's been Irish whipped into the ropes as if there was some rebound on that cage. It's absolutely just laughable. But to be fair, we are given a little bit of mercy because this match is only about two and a half minutes long um, when um, Scott manages to get the starting recliner and we see um, Shane Douglas quit. So we finally got a match that ends how it's supposed to end. So Great American Bash rolls around a couple of weeks later. Uh, and Tank and Scott are brawling before the match um, even starts, the cage starts lowering, and then uh, this announcement read out, and it's that Eric Bischoff has said that since this match, and I, I can't read this with a straight face, but since this match is Scott Stardust's specialty, he, oh, right. m- he must face Rick and Tank at the same time. So Rick makes his way to the ring, and the cage surrounds the three guys. Now, bear in mind, this cage was too small for two guys to wrestle. (laughs) So with Rick, Scott, and Tank in the the cage at the same time, this is technical perfection. The, The moves that you see are phenomenal. You see Scott beat down, picked up, thrown into the cage, kicked whilst on the floor. Picked up, thrown into the cage, kicked whilst on the floor, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat for three whole minutes. Excruciating minutes. I mean, it, it was horrible to watch. And then Tank decides this is it, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this. And he pulls a chain out of his pocket and wraps it around his fist. Now uh, Rick. Just finally coming to his senses thinks that this is too far and he pleads with Tank to, to leave it to calm down. So Tank twats Rick in the face with a chain <laughs> right round his fist. But this gives Scott the opportunity for a comeback and he lamps Tank square in the bollocks. Huh. Tank goes down, uh, gets put in the starter recliner and Scott Starner wins this match. Three and a half minutes, again, of absolute, utter wank. Funnily enough, this was the end of the Asylum Cage match for WCW, and it was never mentioned again. Until today, when it got its rightful place in the Chain Wrestling Hall of Lame. Do you know what? I'd, I must have seen one of those.
0: I imagine the pay-per-view one is the most likely for me to have seen
1: but I don't remember it at all. Well, just wait for that that delicacy on natural nights because it's coming. Mm. Oh, it's coming. Oh, we've got some
0: wonderful times ahead of us. <laughs> oh man, that sounds I'm gonna watch them later. That's what I'm gonna put on mm. later on.
1: I mean, you've got if you've got eight minutes spare, you'll probably be able to cram all three in. <laughs> yeah. The most entertaining <laughs> part of these matches was the fact that this was the period of Scott Steiner where his filter was broken. Right. And he just said whatever he lacked on the microphone. so those promos uh pre-match are just absolute gold. I think um one of the matches is it's the famous one where he says um that it, if uh the hooches can split their hips and um put their ass back uh ass out Scott scanners can make them tap out uh pass out the <laughs> <like that. laughs> oh yeah. my god yeah it's they're the best part of the matches, and then I love Scotts unfortunately that. the bastard ring
0: yeah oh dear me, very worthy entrant into the hall of Lane, my friend uh, I'm going back a bit further I'm heading back to the mid nineties well literally mid 1995 actually uh July of 1995. um July 16th to be specific. And this individual I'm putting in is, there's not masses that you can go back and watch. He had one televised match, but, you know, was doing house shows and so on around this as well, and has worked as a very similar gimmick to what I'm entering into the Hall of Lane this week in other smaller companies and promotions. I would like to take a little moment to discuss the one match career of Fantasio in the WWF. This guy, Harry Dal Rios, was his real name. So some people may recognize him from very, very early days in TNA when he wrestled under the name Dal Rios, which was his, his, his real surname. He, he has this gimmick here for the WWF of being a magician. And of course, this is mid-90s WWF, so everyone's a toilet Everyone's a bloody, you know, a goon and a ice hockey team, or a bin man, or a dentist, or whatever nonsense. This guy is a magician, but they dress him up like a mime. So he's not, yeah. So he's, he's he's a mime who can also do magic. He's got this weird black and white mask on, which is part of his gimmick, and he gives the mask to a kid as he's coming down. Similar so to Brett Hart with the sunglasses. You know, it's a nice little merchandise opportunity. But he takes the mask off, and he's got exactly the same mask on painted (laughs) on his face underneath, so it's just nonsense. He's wearing one of the weirdest singlets I've ever seen, with bits cut out of the legs and the arms and the chest and so on. But then we get to the actual wrestling side of things. This guy, he's just a body slam factory, because that's all he does on this television match. It's just body slam, body slam, body slam. And and that's pretty much his whole, you know, in-ring... I suppose repertoire apart from the magic because we mentioned this guy's a magician there's a moment in the match where he sends his opponent who was just a a, you know an enhancement talent on on an episode of superstars over to the ropes and as this guy turns back around from the Irish whip and runs towards Phantasmo he does this kind of really flamboyant fling of his arm well not far off magazine not far off did this really flamboyant fling of his arm and shoots streamers all over the place but they're so small and thin and uh, it, they're, they're, you know, it's ridiculous it looks like a crap version of spider-man shooting a web <laughs> okay it's not going to stop or harm anybody but his opponent is mortified by this and doesn't know how to react he literally stops on the spot like oh my god what am i gonna do the match carries on and he hits a so sorry hits a atomic drop on his opponent before going up to him and magically removing his underwear,
1: because <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> he pulls out his boxer shorts, which mortifies his opponent. Of course, even though he's still wearing a full Kurt Angle esque wrestling singlet, you know it doesn't matter. You know that his boxer shorts have been removed, and that enables Phantasmo to win his this match with a roller because he's you know shocked and stunned about the flying bits of tissue paper and boxer shorts removal. To round it off, he goes up to Earl Hebner and removes his boxer shorts too. Now, obviously, being a referee, black and white stripes. But that's not all that happened here. That's not all. The main reason this guy didn't work for the WWF again was what happened before he went out to the ring. According to a few different people who were there that day, and mainly Bruce Pritchard, because he's a fantastic storyteller, this guy decided, as one of his magic tricks he was going to do, I mean, he had a cane that would turn into a candle and back and forth and so on, you know, on the way to the ring. And like as you said, actually, the, the flowers appearing out of nowhere and all the you know, cheesy magician stuff. This guy had a little canister set to effectively ignite. He didn't get this cleared with anyone in WWE, WWF. He just decided this is going to be a cool spot. It's going to explode, be a big flash of fireball, whatever. Whilst in the gorilla position on an episode of superstars, you know, and we've seen these shots of the smaller TV shows, especially in the mid nineties, very contained, very small cramped area tables. And you know that the curtains all around where the wrestlers walk through and so on, very small cramped area. The dipshit manages to drop this canister, which goes bang. Sets fire to the curtains <laughs> and effectively, gorilla position with Bruce Pritchard sat there and Kevin Dunn screaming at him, Send him out now. His music's playing, send, send him, him out, out now. now. Uh, apparently, Bruce Pritchard was screaming back, I'm on fucking fire. What do you want me to do? <laughs> the table was on fire. And they, you know, people obviously running with extinguishers, get it all sorted out. He goes out and works this silly match, throwing bits of tissue paper around. And it, effectively, that's the end of his career. Well, the end of his wwf career he went on and worked for tna i think he might have had one or two matches in ecw um he was a he wasn't involved in the uswa for a while as well but that was pre-wwf but yeah that was the end of that gimmick uh you can find it online on youtube or at least clips of it just to see you don't see the fire that's not available i can't find that anywhere oh. But it's the july 16th 1995 edition of wwf superstars yeah not a good look setting fire to your, effectively your boss's desk on your first day and then just being pretty shit cost him his job so my entrance into the hall of lame this week is the one match wonder that was fantasio
1: wow so both our entrants this week had a total ring time of about 12 minutes
0: yes yes that is true shocking but now, and they
1: made such it. an impact
0: on us that now, in the Hall of lame. <laughs> oh, oh one more thing actually whilst i mention it he was interviewed apparently dalrio for uh harry dalrio for the official wwe magazine in 2006 about this gimmick and the one line i got from this that i thought was really worth noting uh my gimmick i wanted to make it a combination of the ultimate warrior and the legion of doom what <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, mean, I don't know oh if he quite pulled it off no i mean hawk
0: and animal quite regularly would pull rabbits out of a hat and you know it's a similar sort of elk isn't it the ultimate warrior <laughs> yeah,
1: warrior was known for it for
0: his card tricks yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but there we go those are your entrance into this week's chain wrestling hall of lame we have the uh, what is the actual title of the match magazine it's the asylum, asylum yes the asylum match in wcw and the fireball wonder that is fantasio so there we go
1: what have we got in the chat my friend uh jesus let's go all the way back because this has got a lot of love um Kings, Pigs, batters just found Barry and Dwayne versus The New Foundation on YouTube. I mean, that might be a shout for our Gilbert match. I might have just had one that's usurped my picks.
0: Picks, plural. Oh, my cr-
1: It's a cinematic event WWE is crying out <laughs> for. And and look, look at everyone clamoring for the link. Come on, guys, that's... It's illegal streaming
0: gilberg's over for the cwf isn't he he is he
1: is and it's not, i don't even think it's ironic now. i think it's no. genuine love <laughs> genuine love for for gilberg um chris Bell says it's a, a good match uh it really is and he's posted the link i don't think the link's actually work in the chat so if if you've got it that's absolutely amazing but i don't know if they if they do um Gangriffy says the asylum matches were ridiculous, but Tank made it work. I mean, I don't get why they weren't formed around Tank. I mean I mean he was involved in two of them. I I get that, but he he has a, a zero percentage win rate in him. So mm. it would have made way more sense for, for them to be like formed around tank, but Vince Russo got a Vince Russo and uh, Bro. Exactly, Dwayne Gill looks more like Hogan than Goldberg in that match. <laughs> Jesus, don't you dare silly his name with the orange one. Oh. Um, Tank uh, Dan says Tank uh, didn't bring that chain to hit Scott Skarda with. It was uh, meant to be a mid-match snack. Hashtag Tank Facts. I <laughs> know we mm, d- crunchy. <laughs> mention, mentioning <laughs> Tank, it's almost like blasphemous when we've got uh, the Lord of Tank Facts in in the chat. with uh unbooking the Tanker Tree. Indeed, indeed. King's Prince Banner says, uh, check it out and tell me he doesn't look like a deflated Hogan. I mean Hogan now looks like a deflated Hogan,
0: yeah Deflated, not just like he's lost muscle mass, but deflated in life. Is just had it. Like, yeah, yeah, it like, just, what have
1: oh. I ever what have I achieved? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm an orange racist, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um Cam, Cam unfortunately can't watch it tonight because he's got to set off on the road at R five. To go to Cheadle. Oof. Oh, that's grim. That's grim. But he'll have plenty of time to, to listen to podcasts. So I'm sure he's got the uh, all the content on the SJP World Media to, to go through. Uh, Scottish Daddy says he would have made a great WWF action figure. Of, oh, a a yeah. very small one. You could have used the Goldberg ones that that kind of like the Raggy Dolls of doing refigures, figures where they're the ones you threw away, they'd make a really good. Oh, I, um, I
0: thought, um, I thought you meant Fantasio.
1: I mean, <laughs> for that one person who, who watched yeah. the match and bought the figure, that would be a...
0: You remember the old Hasbro figures? They would have like a spring loaded arm, wouldn't they? Or they both arms would go in a gorilla press position or mm. whatever. You can have a little button that just shoots a flame in your face.
1: <laughs> or just drops a, drops a, a canister and sets you on fire. Yeah, exactly. That would work.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Chris Bella says, Harry Del Rios was a Memphis legend. So there you go. And then he shit the bed in his, mm-hmm. in his short time in the WWF. yeah My magician. I mean, is that it's bad when you have to make a word up for the character. <laughs> uh, Chris Bella says, he saw him on weekly TV in 2003 looking like a Wish version <laughs> of Big Papa That's, yep,
0: that's right. The, the very first... TNA pay-per-view he was on as well the the weekly TV they did that was pay-per-view only and again he he basically ripped off Scott Steiner's gimmick
1: Wow I bet Scott was not happy about that Mm. Um, coming up uh, on One Man's Meat the life and career of Harry Del Rio's a very short episode. That that's like a bonus episode. That
0: like I said, he was in USWA in in. Well, that's what's that? That was Texas and um, <laughs> Memphis kind of combining at one point, wasn't it? Under Jerry Jarrett, and he wrestled for the USWA for uh, several years before going to the WWF. Yeah,
1: um, Scotty he says he remembers thinking it was actually Scott Starner uh, on the first uh, NWA mm. uh, TNA pay per view. Back to Fantasio, and it looked like he was jizzing silly string. <laughs> this one absolutely tickled me. Earl signed those boxes and sold them after the show. You yeah. <laughs> know he did. Absolutely, he did. Uh, and um, Del Rios also wrestled as half of shock and awe in Memphis, with all being British Storm Ian Harrison. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he loved Ian Harrison because he was so crap. <laughs> and <laughs> shocking, or what an amazing tag team name. That is actually a really good tag team name. Um, Dan says Ian Harrison was a massive, juiced up bodybuilder from Leeds. Then um, um, he fell through someone's, I mean, this is out there. there. Uh, he fell through someone's ceiling in the second week of his apprenticeship and he thought that that was bad. Um, <laughs> that is pretty bad, to be quite fair. Um, and Cam says it's more Dungeon of Doom and Booty Man. Yeah. It's, just it's Legion
0: of Doom and Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunate.
1: Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah,
0: you're not far off there. You're not far yeah. off there. Uh, there we go. Thank you so, so much, everybody, joining us in the chats there. I want to give a quick shout out to our good buddy, Stevo, as well, Magsy, before we uh, get on to anything else. He's doing this uh, 2011 kind of watchback. Yeah. Um, sort of going through like the summer of punk and all the stuff that goes on in that year. And he's had numerous people on that show as well. Scottish Danny has been a guest several times. Tyler Peters has been on there. Mr. Mags has been on there. Uh, he put a tweet out earlier on saying this evening, obviously don't go listen to it now because you're with us, but this evening, a show that I recorded with him is being released as well. So if you like listening to Mags, me, Scottish Danny, anyone else, Tyler Peters has been involved in one from the SJP World Media as well. Go and check out Total Stevo's Twitter account. Everything gets retweeted on there. It's at Total Stevo Podcast. Uh it, it's fantastic listening to him talk each week, looking at the weekly TV and what he likes mm-hmm. and what he dislikes uh, and what he gets frustrated with, and so on. And he does a great job. So yeah, go and go and check that out.
1: Yeah, I had a lot, a lot of fun being on on the show with him. Um, did you get the 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 part bomb episode? Oh yes, I did. Yeah, because I got I got the week after so when Punk wasn't even week. there. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just it was like the letdown because you would think the part bomb would have come just before a pay per view because it's obviously there to, to lead in. But no, they, they let it hang there like a bad smell for mm-hmm. quite a while. But yeah, uh, so yeah, I think mine will be probably the next episode dropping then, hopefully. So if you don't listen to this one, definitely go and listen to next week's. But yeah, Steve-O's uh, podcast, such a good a good time. I uh, really, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. Steve-O's a top fella, top fella. And also, very quickly, a little bit of advertising and plugging, I guess uh at the end of the week yeah that's right the 31st isn't it friday Mm -hmm. yes to coincide with wrestlemania and hopefully everybody's paydays the sjp world media merchandise store will be having what they refer to as a flash sale when it can be up to 35 percent off hoodies t-shirts mugs and all that great stuff so the the company that our merch store is with pick and choose the dates of most of the sales they put on and so on and it sort of tends to drop middle of the month which sometimes isn't handy for people in regards to when their pay comes in and all that sort of stuff but this one i've arranged with them to be at the end of the month so it coincides with people's paydays and wrestlemania weekend so in the uh description of this episode and all over our social medias this coming weekend there will be the link to the sjp world media merchandise store loads of chain wrestling goodies nitro knights doctor who pod all sorts of stuff there get grab yourself some goodies whilst it is reduced it's well worth it
1: absolutely totally totally agree there we go maxi should we uh get on to our non-wrestling topic i mean we may as well that's what we're here for nwt time oh
0: no wrestling talk here it's the non-wrestling topic lovely nice lovely nice <laughs> oh lovely lovely so then this week's non-wrestling topic
1: uh, was what suggested by your good self mr Max, wasn't it it was uh, you nearly kind of doubled up, but I me did. being the podcasting professional, uh, kept a little back maybe for, for next week. Indeed,
0: indeed. I wanted to, you know, hotshot the territory and wreck it all, but no, we well, uh <laughs> hold it back. Um, this week we are looking at those bargain boys that are too good to be true, and they are too good to be true. They end up being shit, whether it's from a pine shop, a jumble sale, anywhere at all. You look at it and think, oh, it's only three quid. That's a bargain. Look at that. That's worth way more than that. And then it breaks in 20 minutes. Or it's not fit for purpose. And we had quite a few responses, varying places and varying products, Magsy, didn't we?
1: We did. We absolutely did. Uh, Again, the CWF knocks it out of the parks with with the replies. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed. We will begin, and I'll run through them in the
0: order they came into us. (laughs) We will begin with Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. He says, wow, yeah, can't think of anything. So that's brilliant. Um, (laughs) But he continues, if it was bad, my thought would be it was only a quid, so no biggie.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for joining. Yeah, but that's how pound shops get you. Because you think that, and that's just you, but... When thousands of people think that over and over again, they're mm. making an absolute killing off selling your tat.
0: Yeah. And it is those things as well. When you go in places like that, you'll see one or two and just think, oh, that's only a quid. That's only a quid. Oh, that's only a quid. You walk out of there fifteen quid later. Yeah. You know, sense. or the one that gets us is um like there used to be that place called the what Shop and you get BNM as well now, I think it is BNM and home bargain, these sort of places. And you think that that's that's good value. Oh, that's good value. Oh, I'll get some of that for the kids. And before you know it, you're 35 quid lighter.
1: Yeah. What annoys me now, uh, because I've got a wife who loves a, a pound shop, like Root, but they have a lot of things now. What are a pound? Yeah. And you think, it's a, It's a the name's in, the clue's in the name. It's meant to be Poundland, not mm-hmm. three quid land or yeah. 499 land. Yeah, that annoys me.
0: Have you seen the, um, I think it's uh, trigger happy TV, the Dom jolly sketch where he goes into a pound shop and they're, they're filming it on the sly, aren't they? Cause it's like a reality based thing. And he's picking items up and going up to the staff going, excuse me, uh, how much is this? And oh, that, that's a painter. Okay. No worries. Puts it yeah, back. Absolutely. 30 seconds later, picks someone else up. And, and how much is this? But he does it for like an hour. It's fantastic. And you see these people getting really, really angry with him. It's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, King's Pig's Bladders, at Pig's Bladders on Twitter. He says, not actually mine, another adult who lives in my house who shall remain nameless for my safety.
1: Um, AKA WAF, probably.
0: Yeah, blatantly. Um, (laughs) Mrs. Pig's Bladders. Uh, Kitchen gadgets. We had an air fryer before they became popular, but it never really worked. (laughs) Brilliant.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's what you get with the first generation of, of gadgets. You... Take the hit, so they can improve it for the next time. yeah there we go.
0: Various chopping and slicing gadgets that worked great, but take so long to set up. You could easily have done it with a knife in half the time. <laughs> 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 that is true. You get these. You get. You just get these adverts. Didn't you like um. You know, you sat watching telly late at night and you doze off, and you wake up, and all of a sudden the shopping channels took over on that station yeah and then and there would be some cheesy dude trying to sell you this plastic thing that you got like spend 45 minutes to assemble to press a button and it dices your carrot for you
1: yeah i mean there was one that i got um it was called the slap chop and it was basically a, a a blade that was like a wave and uh you put your food underneath it and then you slap it and it chops it um and on the on the 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 advert they make it look so easy And it didn't work. The blade bends within seconds, and you just end up with wavy cut onions. It's ridiculous.
0: Brilliant. (laughs) Uh, Pig's Baddose continues. An ice cream maker sort of works, but (laughs) sort of works. That's exactly what you want from any product. It
1: sort of works. Again, we've got one. We've got an ice cream uh, maker, and you have to put half of it in the freezer for it to get cold, so I mean, what's the point? You're doing the job of the the, the ice cream maker. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, it makes such a small amount; it doesn't really make enough for for everyone. So it doesn't yeah. even make enough grub,
1: and it, it doesn't freeze it to like the the consistency of ice cream. It's all it's like melted ice cream. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter. He says, "My mind immediately went to, to football for some reason, and when Liverpool signed Joe Cole on a three, thought it was a great deal. So he got sent off on his debut and was generally a bit shit."
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes even the freebies are a good bargain.
0: I remember Joe Cole signing for Liverpool for nothing and being a bit gutted that United didn't get him because I thought he was fantastic. And then Alman, he performed.
1: Yeah, because he, did he score that like uh, overhead kick from like the halfway line? And it he, he was uh, was that for England? He was like I think he was doing like kick ups, and he basically booted it over his head and scored. And then sampling Phillips was was crap.
0: <laughs> same as Harry Kuhl. Same as there's a list. Let's not go into that. Uh, <laughs> Dan Griffin continues. I usually get stung with Amazon bargains. phone cases, a wireless mouse earphones all at decent for a good price and always got crap that either broke within days or never worked in the first place and yeah. i'll probably never learn that you get what you pay for
1: <laughs> earphones was a, a big bugbearer man as well yeah never worked yeah or oh, one worked and one was crackly
0: yeah i know what you mean uh his podcasting partner rob at utt rob on twitter he says i bought a cheap laptop instantly regretted it it was so fragile i didn't dare move it
1: <laughs> <laughs> these are these are ringing true to me i feel like i'm all of these people because i've got a cheap laptop right down here and if i turned it on now by the time we finish recording it would have booted yeah yeah it's ridiculous
0: bloody yeah. Oh, dear. just makes me laugh as well that you can't move the laptop because then it just basically becomes your home PC, doesn't it, surely?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, the battery life, you start with 100%, and by the time it's got into actual Windows, it's only like,
0: 60%. Brilliant. Stevo, at Stevo on Twitter. Everybody
1: say what time is
0: it? Stevo. <laughs> he says... Only immediate thing that springs to mind was a mobile phone stand. Cost a whole pound. If anything, should have been called a mobile flattener <laughs> as it kept falling over and flattened the phone. <laughs> what I will add that's been amazing, yes, doing a mags and breaking the rules, steve says here, <coughs> was on Saturday, I bought an unofficial PS4 controller. £21. Absolute brilliant purchase.
1: Okay, fair enough. Oh, I didn't know they did. Unofficial ones with them being bluetooth and
0: and the lack but yeah sharon has bought various phone stands and so on like little plastic but there's something like wrestling chairs that fold open and you can pop your little tiny wrestling chairs and you can put your phone on it so you can watch a video and so and they they are fantastic mate really really cool bits of kit but then you look at others in the shop or other bits and bobs that you buy and you think okay that's that don't look strong enough or that looks like it's just gonna collapse you know
1: i went through a, a fad of having those kind of ring um, holders that you put on the back. So you have a case and then you like, uh, you stick a ring on the back and it folds flat, but then when you want to stand it up, you un- unfold the ring and it stands up. And it worked for a month or so, but then the, the hinge got pretty loose Yeah. and the, it wouldn't stay up. So, yeah, the phone ended up falling uh, quite a lot. So, yeah, that was crap
0: yeah see sharon and the kids have those like pop sockets they call them don't they the little oh, round yeah, things yeah. that click back and forth but i can't have anything on the back of my phone because it goes in my pocket all the time when i'm at work it, it's you know annoying maxi coffin has got a standard monday practice now isn't it max yeah, pretty much pretty much
1: it yeah <laughs> uh, my case now i just go for a standard thin clear because it just annoys me having extra stuff on it
0: yeah exactly The villain king, our good friend at officialab underscore POS on Twitter. They say, I bought what looked like a good pair of sneakers for eight dollars on sale at a target. Fit well, felt good on the treadmill, day one. By day three, they were visibly falling apart (laughs) despite wearing them once. Day six, they have mildew, and I had to say and I had to bin them. Moral of the story, invest in your feet. Oh my goodness.
1: Mildew within six days. Yeah, that's not a good Jesus look, is it? Man, yeah, Jesus wept. Yeah. I've had the 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 total opposite uh, of experience with that. I I used to be quite quite picky about uh, my trainers. I would spend ridiculous amounts of money on them, um, and they would always last a couple of months at best before I'd be picking up a new pair and then I got a pair for about 20 quid and they were the most comfortable trainers that I've ever worn and I I was physically upset when I had to throw them away they were amazing trainers as well yeah I miss those trainers
0: see I had that with that white pair of trainers that I bought that I thought were great and then I bought another pair exactly the same when they got worn out and that's when the wife and kids pointed out that apparently they look like shit (laughs)
1: <laughs> after you've replaced them with the yeah. same trainers
0: yeah that's, but that's, that's fantastic. i mean i've got i've got these horrible i've got this horrible bump on my foot Magsy. like the knuckle of my big toe it's like a fucking half a golf ball under my skin and they won't do nothing about it but if i put normal trainers on it hurts so these ones i've got they're just like mesh all over fantastic mate really nice but yeah I mean, apparently they look horrible
1: the 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 fad of having tra- uh, trainers made out of like uh, wool or fabric, I love it. They're so comfy. They're absolutely mm. so comfy. It's amazing. You don't even have to do the laces up. You just slide your feet in, and yeah, they're great. Kind of like slippers. Yeah, but outside slippers.
0: Outside slippers. There you go. Uh, Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter. He says, "My boy is massively into Transformers." and we love watching the g1 stuff together coming soon to the bumblebee podcast awesome he loves soundwave so we ordered him ordered him one off us amazon for three dollars he now turns into a van and broke within a week absolutely bobbins
1: (laughs) soundwave turned into a tape player did he?
0: i don't know that's over my head mate that sort of stuff
1: yeah, I think he did. Soundwave was the the one who had little tapes who come out as like a, a hawk and a, a panther. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was never a van. So I don't know where that, that's come from. Uh, but yeah, I love the G1, the uh, Transformers. I once got uh, Carlos, my son, uh, the Japanese box set uh, of it. Uh, I think it was about 150 quid to get it shipped over, but it come with like loads of artwork and uh, key rings uh, in like oh, a, a metal tin. Oh, it's... and Carlos is uh, the kind of person who he doesn't really look after a lot of stuff. He, he likes to take things apart and see how they work, stuff like that. But he, uh, I got him that box set when he was about seven, and he's still got it now, and it's pristine. Oh, awesome
0: ah great stuff uh and finally from twitter this week unless i've missed anybody out we have cam who i think has left us because he's got such an early start in the morning but he'll hear this on the audio version later in the week no doubt at cam griff 92 on twitter he says and i can i can go along with this 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 rings true for me by far the biggest waste of money ever is each and every gym membership
1: i've ever had Yeah, and what's worse is when they tie you into a contract and then you you decide to cancel and they're like, nope, you're in a a watertight contract. You've got to pay this for the next 12 months. (laughs) So, yeah, I agree with that. Gym memberships are are the worst. You have missed one out. uh, Friend of the show, Jimmy Evans. Uh, Oh, Jimmy, I apologize. He told us about... uh, a, sh- a shop in in the states called big lots which are apparently is is kind of like a, a pound store um and it was in uh west virginia where he was born uh, again it's 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 you you get what you pay for don't you if you're paying a pound it's it's probably gonna break
0: well, I suppose we'll find more out about that next week with our non wrestling ah, topic. Ne- look at that—we uh, are so professional that we've I've already got, got six next weeks crack-
1: weeks. recent crackers that I'll uh, bring up next week. Yeah, some cracking bargains.
0: Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, uh, thank you to everybody who messaged the show on Twitter, etc., and everyone in the chat for their comments as well. Max, if you've got any, that's ring still jump out at your night or have we covered them? i mean they've all been mentioned everything
1: yeah. that i've got and i've uh, spent money on and it's been ridiculous um it's all been mentioned that i have once bought uh a massive tv and then put it on the wall and it's fell and broke straight away Oh that dear. Was... but that wasn't so much that it was a bargain that wasn't worth it it's just i'm an idiot and uh yeah, that was an expensive day. Um, but yeah, they've all have had a lot of similar experiences as uh, as some of the the, the CWF.
0: I, I've got two that haven't been mentioned that stand out, to be honest. And they are literally, I bought them because they were so cheap.
1: There's, there's the a problem. There's you know, your problem I straight away. This
0: is too good to be true, but I'm going to take a punt on it. Uh, the first one was, you know, like these Fermas like coffee mugs that people get, yeah, you know, that you get like a cup and a half in there. And I used, when it was cold and, you know, in the winter and whatnot, I used to make make myself a cup of tea to take to work with me. And it would stay hot for the first bit of time at work and so on. I started realizing that my desk at work, you know, and the paperwork and so on was, was wet. And I've, in my head, I'm thinking, I work in a, in a, in a warehouse and, and I'm thinking, is that the condensation? Is it dripping from the roof? And I'm looking up. And I'm, I don't, it took me a few days to figure out that it was every time I took a swig from this cup of cup of tea and this like two pound from Tesco's cheap as shit thermos thing. It was coming out the side, pissing down the, the actual <laughs> cup and dripping all over the desk. Really? So yeah, that didn't last very well. And uh, the last one, well, well that really sort of stands out, there was a guy who used to work with me, lovely fella, um, a, an older chap. He used to get quite a bad back and bad neck and so on. And used to have like these heat things he'd put on his neck to sort of, because where we worked in the previous place was even in the summer, it got fucking cold in there. It was not a nice place. And I saw these heat pads in the pint, literally in the pine shop or pine stretcher or whatever it may well be, one of those places. And that, you know, sort of, that's sort of, you know, foam size, I guess. And they got the liquid in them. But when you crack them, they get warm (laughs) and they stay warm for a while. And then eventually the temperature drops off and so on. And I thought that'll, that'll do him signed for at work. We're coming up to, you know, busy week. It's ice cold. I'll buy him as a present, take him in. And there's one particular day I could see him at his bench struggling a bit with his neck and his back and all that. So I went over, I got you these mate. And he was really grateful. You know, it was lovely. So he cracked it, put it on the back of his neck tied it into his top so it stayed there and all that carried on working and after a little while i started to smell something and you know it it smelled quite plasticky quite chemically in a way and i kept looking over at my friend and he was struggling a little bit by this point you know and i had like the adhesive around the outside as well so you can stick it to your back or whatever do you know what i mean like that kind of stick on pouch kind of thing yeah yeah um apparently because it's effectively a chemical reaction isn't it when you break the thing and it starts getting hotter These cheapo versions of that, they didn't ever stop. So he kind of got this pad stuck to the back of his neck that just kept getting hotter. Hotter and hotter and hotter. And hotter hotter, to the point where I'm working maybe four or five yards away from him and I can smell it. And it was stuck on, mate. It was a fight getting this thing off the back of his neck. It had a big red square and all sorts. Yeah. So we didn't didn't use any more of those. I mean, you're a bad mate, aren't you? My intentions are
1: right. Well, horrible things have, have, have been done with that. had the best of intentions, I suppose. Yeah, I
0: suppose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what have we got in the chat, my friend? Anyone else shouting anything tonight? Like before we move on to a little uh, bit of wrestling talk?
1: Yes. Let's, um, we've uh, got cam who's, uh, obviously signing out, but he's going to catch up, uh, on the on the podcast release and uh, make sure you vote for next week's poll cam. You may be pleasantly surprised with the with the choices. Uh Dan Griffith said he's already got his Doctor Who pod Pat Gorman Appreciation Society T-shirt.
0: That's one of my favorite shirts. I love that (laughs) so much. It is so cool.
1: Um that that's what that shirt was Dan. You wore it on the disgusting awful recording. Um and Dan then says how did you go bankrupt? I went to BM Home bargains and poundland <laughs> in the same day.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, Dan says a cheap slap chop has been the downfall of many a man. Yeah, they annoying because you think you've you've done something, you think ah this this is going to save me effort, and it makes it just ten times worse. He Says the the Yorkshire stereotype in me cannot resist a bargain. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> with me or anyone up in the north. King's pigs banner says he wants a slap chop now thank <laughs> if don't we all it may be my new mission. Sharon uh trying to pimp uh, a pop socket to me. Nope, I am not sticking anything on the back of my phone again. I have been burned too many times, yeah, unfortunately. Liv says your shoes are old man shoes. Yeah, this is what I find like yeah. Uh and Kings says, Well, he is knocking on a bit. I mean, that's very, very awesome. true Um <laughs> Cheers. Dan Griffin says he's just been scrolling Facebook and Sinegar found a proper replica of the yellow leather WFRC title. Oh, my good Lord. Um, at a flea market, bought it for $25. That's a great bargain. That is amazing. Uh, Kings Banner says he bought a fancy travel coffee mug thing because going, uh, going on a trip, he thought it would be useful. Kept the coffee popping up, which was annoying, as every time you drank from it, it spilt down my chest, burning me. Brilliant. Now the wife has got a fascination for like uh, those kind of coffee thermoses, but right. she doesn't like the the two pound ones or the 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 no name ones. She will always get Starbucks branded ones or Costa branded ones because she thinks she's she thinks she's king dick basically, <laughs> and these aren't cheap. I mean, you're looking at like twenty quid plus for one for a cup. Yeah, oh, yeah. And do you know how many times she'll use them? Once Once. or twice. Once or twice. I literally have a cupboard stacked with multiple different uh, coffee thermoses, water bottles that she has bought and thought, yep, these are amazing, and used them that one time. Yeah. She's a fucker.
0: Somebody mentioned in there, that Dan Griffin was, wasn't it, saying that somebody's found a replica of the yellow leather icy title belt
1: that's a gorgeous belt
0: did did you hear about the ultimate warrior with that you must have heard the story um i mean i may not have
1: done so in
0: latin the 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 yellow leather backed intercontinental championship is synonymous with the ultimate warrior isn't it he Mm -hmm. wore it for a, a period and he sold one online as the only Available ring used IC title belt with a yellow back on it. Some collector bought it for a few grand. And then I think it was six weeks later, the warrior sold another one as the only oh, ring. Wow. Movie. What a scammer. Uh, and he did, he did it like five or six times apparently.
1: Wow. Yeah. And, the, and Earl Hebner got fired for selling knockoff t-shirts and warrior Headland headlander WrestleMania well to be sense. fair it
0: wasn't ah there you go WrestleMania 6 that was the yeah that poster that's, I was trying to think when exactly it was he had yeah. that belt but that's it Yeah, because Sean right
1: Michaels had a white one and then, uh Warrior had the yellow I think Goldust mm. had a gold one uh, which Ahmed Johnson carried for a while and was like, had the title took off him before he got the chance to get a black one um, Shawn yeah.
0: had a, I think Sean had like a, a light blue one as well at one point
1: uh, I know Warrior had a light blue Kind of teal WWF mm. uh, one, yeah. yeah. Those classic
0: tiles were amazing. This is many, many years after he's left the company. This is when he's <laughs> like, you know, his wrestling career is over. But yeah, what a dickhead!
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: mainly for not selling one to me. <laughs> well, there you go. I'd have one, not for a couple of grand though. Not that twenty five dollars. Yeah, it's the it.
1: second, probably the second best version of the IC title beyond the the red block uh, logo. Intercontinental one that I've got. Well, the yellow background, do you think it's the second best? Probably.
0: Yeah. No, it's gotta be the black or the white, does not it? Sure.
1: No, no. The I mean I've got the black one, but it's the red log the red WF logo. The one that Macho Man ruined it when he cleaned it with Rasso. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the yellow one after that is yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, okay. So I like the white one. Um I like I like the sky I just like the well, ones Shawn on.
1: Michaels
0: Yeah, yeah, like, that's it.
1: He's <laughs> just a sexy
0: boy. I've got my t shirt on as well. Look, there we are. Look at that. That's prime mid 90s Shawn Michaels, that is. Look at that. He's got, he got the dangly earring. Lovely stuff. Uh, shall we move on, Magsy, and talk a little bit of
1: wrestling? Let's go for it. Uh, let's get it.
0: I would also like to just give a massive shout out to my wife because she's fucking amazing. First of all, she has just bought me a cup of tea halfway through our show in, a, about, in a mug that doesn't spill. It, well, it probably will. Cause I'm drinking from it, <laughs> but that's more to do with me than the mug itself. But also she was a, uh, volunteer at a book signing this weekend.
1: Yeah. And I was worked, actually going to you, poor show how it went.
0: Yeah. Worked herself into the ground for the benefit of these people. Um, did incredibly, you know, ridiculous amounts of effort and work for them fair play to her uh she's says that she had a great time when she was the social aspect came into it she's made a few uh good i suppose networking links and friends and so on oh, and true. um more signings are coming up in the future so yeah my wife yep. is really cracking on with all that working on her her upcoming books as well so yeah so i'll give a shout out to my missus as being pretty fucking amazing congratulations we Sha. Sure. well done and that's it. all it takes is a cup of tea to bribe me look
1: <laughs> oh no i've it everywhere it's all down my beard and my my notes are wet
0: <laughs> what match are we covering <laughs> do you remember when i did that i opened that bottle of cream soda and it just exploded and covered my notes i out.
1: remember when you smashed your hulk Hogan mug and you was mortified
0: yeah that was really upsetting <laughs> let's move on before i get sad again uh this the winner of this week's poll unsurprisingly at all was Mister Max because he is sneaky and naughty and is bribing the CWF. <laughs> so <laughs> I
1: mean, is it bribery or is it giving the people what they want?
0: Well, mm, see, I like to think that some of my suggestions are what the people want; they just don't know
1: it yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, because there's some fan, there's some fantastic Barry Windham people magic definitely want seen. Barry
1: Windham. <laughs> All the time. The Barry Windham podcast.
0: I wish there was a match with Barry Windham from, say, I don't know, 88, 89, in going into 90. That sort of prime Windham against prime Shawn Michaels. That would have been fantastic. That would be like I mean, porn to me.
1: There, there is a match <laughs> with Barry Windham in late 1996 where he's got camouflage face paint and a moustache. So against Shawn Michaels. No, no, I mean, they oh. wouldn't put him against your man. because are you? Are you mental? Why, why would you say that and tease me? i get my hopes up then. I think to it, was, to it may have been against TL Hopper.
0: Well, that's not the same, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> kind of the same. It's not it's different, it's not. There's nowhere near the same. Oh my god, anyway, sold out 97. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this won the poll. It's Eddie Guerrero versus sean Mortman, or Six, as he is referred to here, in a ladder match for the United States Championship. A WCW pay per view, but really, it's an NWO pay per view. Yes, it's a really unique time in WCW and what they're trying to do with branching out and having the NWO as their own brand, and they were going to give the NWO the Monday Nitro show at one point yeah. and F- Fandor was going to be a WCW program and all this sort of stuff. This pay-per-view has got a lot, a, a lot because of a lot of differences to what we normally get, Maxi, hasn't it? To what we normally see.
1: I mean, it's, it's wank. Let's, let's call a spare a <laughs> spade. This pay-per-view is, it's just one long NWO screw job. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's very little redeemable about this pay-per-view. I understand the idea. I mean, NWO was hot. Capitalising off that, if everything had gone right, this could have been the start of maybe something really game-changing in wrestling, uh, giving the, the, the faction their own real brand. But it it flopped. It flopped hard. I mean, this pay-per-view... Despite being um, NWO centric, which was the hottest angle in in wrestling at that time, it sold less than half of the bars that the pay per view the month before um, sold. It it was, you know, to all intents and purposes, a flop. Um, the production level was it was so it was almost going back to. Early '80s level of wrestling, um, and I, I get they wanted to differentiate from the the high production values of WCW at the time. But this was almost ghetto. Um, you had like um, cameramen always in shot, people running around the the uh, the ringside with uh, boom marks, the ridiculous kind of like a point of view camera, which it was it was. It just looks so amateur, and then you've got Ted DiBiase and Eric Bischoff on commentary, and between them, they had no sense of emotion, no sense of um, of building up the matches, uh, no kind of like uh, conveying what's going on in the ring to the to the the fans watching it was just a massive back slapping, um, affair for, for the your, and it just didn't work whatsoever. See,
0: I, I don't go wrong. I agree with you. It's shit. Well, it it's, really is.
1: It's very shit people.
0: But I think it could have worked mm-hmm. if it was just toned back. And there's so much of the same problem over and over again on this pay-per-view. Yeah. And, and the big, The problem is, I suppose it's the whole, the whole thing about the NWO being hot in itself leans to the problem because they've got the NWO being the hottest thing in wrestling and then they go too far with it and it's overkill. Yeah. And I think everything that was good about this pay-per-view in or or everything that was different, everything that was interesting, at least for the first, say 20 minutes, they do over and over and over again. And by the time you get to the end of the pay-per-view... It's, it's too much. It's, it's been flogged to death. I mean, even the opening, the opening is all black and white and we've got the NWO on the back of rubbish trucks and Mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff driving through the streets. I think it's snowing at one stage, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. they're swinging around shouting and high-fiving each other. And you've got the police sirens and and there's motorbikes going and all that. That looked cool as fuck. Yeah. For about 90 seconds. And that's where it should have ended, mm-hmm. but it ran for a, a good few minutes. And by the time they got to the arena and it was like the end it was, of this it opening, was yeah. it, was, it was too much. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual layout for this pay-per-view, you've got the, the entrance way, I suppose the title as people call it in the WWF and so on. I like that it's up on a big set of stairs. I like that. It's very stripped back and dark and, that's what the NWO was. It was it was it was <laughs> reality based, almost you know grimy around the edges and a bit you know, everything was a little bit shoddy, a little bit, you know, I mean you look at even just when they started off and they had the big WCW sign in the back of MGM Studios, they covered that with bed sheets spray painted. Everything was always a little bit shoddy, but it was just cool. And I liked the layout of this place because it looked shoddy. It looked quite cool. You had Bischoff and DiBiase on commentary who weren't very good. I totally agree with you, Maxie, but they didn't have a desk. They were just literally slumped in the corner, sat chatting. And that I thought for the first time you saw it, because it was different, looked cool. You know, the, the, the light uh, bulbs, they they didn't have a big screen. They had a collection of bulbs that were just making out the letters NWO. Like a light
1: board. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: That looked cool. But then when you get half hour into the show, you're thinking, okay, turn it off now. Cause it just, now it's starting to look shit.
1: Yeah. You know and, and, and it's the, the childish jokes that happen over and over again. The the absolutely slating of of the WCW wrestlers over and over again. Um mm. the loser uh on the on the um audio over and over again. It's it's just <sighs> It's overkill. You were absolutely right. They killed that, bat. they milked it. Now, if this would have been maybe more um, competitive and the NWO still ended up uh, winning out, I could see a future for it. But this died on its feet within the first half an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, with
0: regards to, I suppose, the title matches then, should we say, looking at the top end of the card, the outsiders drop the tag titles to the signers. Hogan and the giant in the main event go to a non-finish, <laughs> which is the best you can expect from Hogan in this era. I guess yeah, he's not, he's not one the match got it whatever. and the match we're looking at here as well. I mean, it, it's not really a spoiler. It's from 1997. The NWO guy loses the title as well. So in a way, I, I mean, I'm not too sure what they're going for, whether it is the WCW guys overcoming all the odds it's almost like they've walked into the, this little NWO arena and you know, you've got the NWO logo on the mat and everything and they've come away with, you know, two of the main three championships that the WCW guys could potentially have won. That's interesting as well to me, but at the same time, it's, it is like you said, it's just all complete overkill all the yeah. way through the show. I
1: mean, you, you mentioned the, 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 the tag titles um and watching that match was one of the most frustrated uh that I got with this pay-per-view because Eric Bischoff pretty much telegraphs exactly what's going to happen on the on the next episode of Raw when he says he's going to make sure those titles mm. are delivered back so it meant that the match was pointless yeah. Because the you knew that the, the outsiders were getting the titles back afterwards. Um and it was all to build to a storyline where Randy Anderson, the referee, gets fired. It just no. it was just it just felt like this instead of being um um an innovative, maybe groundbreaking pay-per-view, this was all a bunch of glad-handing to each other because the NWO was was hot. It could have been so much more. Uh, and it ended up being an absolute fart in church, apart from this match. Well, yeah. I mean the tag match was pretty good to a point, but this match is is probably the 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 outlier for me.
0: Yeah, and this this is by far the best match on the show, isn't it? Let's be honest. This is the standout contest fr- from this pay-per-view. And you know, again, just to summarize it, it is overkill. But I think there was such a there was a nucleus of a good idea there. And there was lots of little good ideas that were involved. It just, it just got too big, too much. And I suppose you can say that about the whole NWO thing in general, to be fair. But there we go. There we go. Uh, anyone who's not seen this pay-per-view or not seen a match from it or anything like that, I do, even though we just panned it, I do recommend you go back and check it out on the WWE Network because it is such a unique setting, a unique layout. I mean, they got motorbikes all around the ring and and people just milling about in NWO shirts and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and Eric Bischoff kissing
1: middle-aged women.
0: Yeah, that was a bit weird. But <laughs> it is worth checking out um, for, for the, 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 you know, the sheer difference in what everyone else was doing in 1997. But, yeah, the in-ring content isn't great, apart from this. Now, we start off with the introductions. Any WCW guy on this pay-per-view doesn't get their entrance music.
1: No. no and they I... get shit on on the yes. way to the ring as well and Eddie, i think suffers probably the worst because um as the title of the the show um today says he's called a mexican jumping bean multiple times uh which yeah it's uh it's it's not a good look no. not a good look at all it is not uh Nick Patrick
0: referees every single match on the show.
1: Every match. And again, that's another thing that was overkill. I get mm. that he's the NWO referee uh, and it's an NWO show, but the fact he referees every match, it telegraphs everything that's going to happen. So I can kind of understand why it didn't sell as many uh, pay-per-view bars as, as as they expected, because wrestling fans would have would have realised that that it's going to be nwo centric so Hmm. the status quo is probably not going to change for the next episode of uh, natural
0: i'd also think as well i mean don't go wrong i'm completely with you i'm not disagreeing at all that this the if the product is good enough people will buy it Mm -hmm. if the booking is good enough and if the story is good enough going into the show people will buy it however Comparing it to the previous month's pay per view buy rates might be a little unfair because yeah, that, was, that was stark. That's stark. Ed, that's yeah, stark yeah. Age, that. You yeah. know, and it's also like
1: comparing backlash to mania, I get it. Yeah,
0: yeah, and also this is sort of mid to late January. That's War Rumble season.
1: Yeah, so they've got. Good I, I, I understand the, there's many factors, but um, looking at all the 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 figures, this was not. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. It was not good metrics across the board.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, <laughs> Six gets announced as the U.S. champion of the world, and that, that tickled me. That was so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was telling you uh, before, and uh, when looking for the graphic for for the show, this match is is marked down as a cruiserweight match in so many, on so many different websites. Yeah, yeah. when it's not, it's for the it's for the U.S. Tile, uh which. It kind of baffled me actually. It was getting me really mad actually. But they were saying it was for the crew's weight towel, but yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, the action begins, and um, first of all, Eddie Guerrero stands out a mile because this is. Everything in this arena is dark. It's black. Yeah. It's greys. It's NWO. The ring ropes are black. The canvas is black. The referee is wearing a black t-shirt and sometimes a baseball cap as well. <laughs> Backwards. Yeah. Every, everything around it is NWO colors. Eddie Guerrero comes out in that white wrestling gear with the red on. He looks almost at times like he's glowing where, where everything look, around him is looked, so dark.
1: It, it looked like it was a homage to uh, Jushin Thunder Lagger to me. Okay. The, the kind of colouring, but yeah, it yeah, absolutely okay. did stand out. But it was also, if you look at the uh, the 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 Eddie Guerrero's pants and then look at uh, Six's pants, they're very similar in design, but totally opposite colours. Like I think yeah. uh, Six is like black and gold, and Eddie's red and white. So very kind of yin yin yangus, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Something else I think that doesn't help is we, obviously we don't get the WCW entrance music. None of the WCW guys get entrance music and the first time, or maybe even the second time that happens and the the ring announcer coming over the tannoy is, is mocking them again, first couple of times, pretty decent, but it wears thin very quickly, but the NWO guys, they're NWO. So they've all got the same music. Yeah. I mean, Hoga, the, the top NWO guys have the, the NWO music, but everyone else yeah. has like the B team music <laughs> and. Every match has the same entrance music, and it suddenly makes you realise how important that that can be to the whole, you know, production and um, and and the whole feel of the show.
1: Yeah, it it makes it makes everything kind of like almost meld into one. Nobody really stands out in oh. in the N.W.O. because of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Apart the only thing home. that <laughs> yeah, the the only thing that makes like the like you said the lower level NWO uh, members stand out is um I suppose the way that they're introduced because uh they, they talk about um um six as being like a, a legitimate uh, karate fighter. Mm. Um and they even take the piss out of Glacier, which is a bit mean considering that was a an Eric Bischoff thing. Um <laughs> But uh, they also mentioned that uh, he's been getting lots of training from Scott Hall, who inve- apparently invented the ladder match. Um, because this, uh, this, I think, is the first ever ladder match in, in WCW history. Um I, think. um, I can't think of any.
0: I mean, I know Scottish Danny is in the chat, and we, we started in September '95 on Nitro Nights. Um, I don't think we've seen any Danny, have we? Let me know in the chat, my friend. He's got a better memory than I. so.
1: Yeah, so to to kind of that, um, say that Scott Hall invented the ladder match. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit on the nose, considering he just lost the the, the match previously. <laughs>
0: hmm. Well, yeah, there we go. Um, the action begins, as you'd expect, with two guys like this, like Eddie Guerrero and Sean Mortman, very, very fast. Exchanging mm-hmm. lots of arm drags and... Uh, kicks and so on danny in the chat there saying no we haven't okay so there you go yeah it looks like you're right um we get a me. bit of a mix up hey eh? look at me being correct for once. you captain smarty pants um we, <laughs> we get a little bit of a mix up where it looks like I think Six is going for a kind of side slam he used to do, where he'd pick them up and turn around and drop them. But Eddie thinks he's going for an elbow and drops to sell the elbow. And it it looks a bit clunky, but it still kind of works for me. Because if it's a a real athletic competition, if it's a real fight, those sort of things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, Six goes to the outside quite quickly. And then Eddie Guerrero flies off the top rope to the outside. Barely missing a motorbike,
1: <laughs> but that was quite. Yeah, I spectacular, mean, he he, wasn't. he really overshot it, uh, mm. but it did look really spectacular. And and just before we get to that point, um, there's uh, a bit of an exchange, and uh, we're seeing the what uh, Jim Ross would call those educated feet of a uh, of of X Pac. He lays in some some oh yeah really stiff kicks. Uh, he does a um, a, a spinning uh, heel kicking. Yeah, it, it lands flush on Eddie Guerrero's throat. Really, really uh, he really laid him in. Um these two were it looked like, like it looked like an actual fight. These two were proper throwing uh, throwing shots at each other, really good. We
0: at this point I, I kind of felt that the crowd weren't massively into it, Max.
1: Yeah, um the 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 commentary were were uh, were making out that that six was getting these massive cheers and that the crowd were uh, were loving uh, the end of the war, but there was a lot of people with sat on their hands and a lot of people going maybe for a piss or for a, a drink, and there were a lot of empty chairs. I mean, it wasn't a massive uh, arena in the uh, at the at the beginning but it was very glaring when you see like a full row of people disappear and all you mm. see is like the, the colored seats. So yeah, the fans got bored very quickly in this pay-per-view. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: we get again, lots and lots of kicks by by six. And then we get a suplex spot that we see quite often, but it's never actually completed that often where the guys are either side of the ropes, one guy on the apron, one guy in the ring. And the the tease is made that they're going to be suplexed out to the floor. But on this occasion, they actually do that, which is quite nice. Because mm-hmm. quite a lot of the time, it kind of gets teased and then doesn't happen, Magsy, does it?
1: Yeah, uh, Eddie uh, took a pretty, pretty stiff bump doing that as mm. well.
0: Yes. Uh, six then hits a plancher over the top rope. And this is when we go to the ladder. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. At this point, they have a literally as six hits that sort of flying move over the top rope. They almost miss that because the camera spans out to look at the the belt hanging down yeah. from the ceiling. And you think WWE matches now nah, ladder matches or TLC matches or Money in the Banks? There's ladders everywhere all around the outside and all this. This has
1: stuff. one. This is yeah. the, literally one ladder. This yeah. was like lad- the 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 WrestleMania 10 match. If the ladder mm-hmm. brought this match was fucked.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh,
1: luckily, it, it didn't, and we and we got the match. But, yeah, one ladder, is, uh, that's putting all your eggs in one basket, quite literally.
0: Yes. Uh, but Correct. it was th- at this moment, when the camera kind of pulls out and you see the belts hanging down, I went, oh, yeah, it's a ladder match, isn't it? Because I'd mm. forgotten. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there wasn't the constant reminders on the outside and, and all that sort of stuff, you know?
1: And then the first kind of uh, – uh, the first spot of the with the ladder really is a uh, it's so telegraphed that it was actually really kind of making me cringe. So uh, six goes for the ladder. Uh, obviously, we get the kind of like through the ladder thrown into into Eddie Guerrero. But the way that uh, six and uh, Nick Patrick, who helps six get yeah. the la- uh, ladder in yeah. position, <laughs> uh, normally when you want a ladder in the ring, you slide it under the bottom ropes and. There you go. They stand the ladder on the apron, and it telegraphs exactly what's going to happen. We get in the seesaw spot where somebody's going to get their face hit with the ladder, and guess what we get? We get the seesaw spot where Six gets hit with his face in the ladder. It's that annoyed me that that yeah. that spot was there. Yeah, and it, it, it was it's easy to bit. set up uh in a in a way that doesn't make it as obvious as that, but. When they didn't slide it under the, under the rope and they literally perfectly positioned in it so that Eddie can uh, basically drop to the floor and, and hit six in the face. Yeah, it, it pissed me off that that, yeah. that spot happened.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, we get another kind of, well, quite stiff shot with the ladder as well, I think, when Eddie Guerrero is Irish whipped into the corner and the ladder is stood in the corner and he just mm-hmm. smashes into it face first. That looks painful.
1: Yeah, and, and there's a there's a, another one where the ladder's in the corner. I think uh um six is gonna try and do the leapfrog um over the top of the ladder. Um, and we get um Teddy Messer going, Oh, I know what he's gonna do here. I definitely know what he's gonna do. I've seen this before. And then Eddie uh basically chop blocks uh six, he, he gets his nuts smashed against the ropes, and then the ladder barely misses cracking yeah. Eddie in the leg. That that would have been, oh, I bet that would have been painful because it, 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 misses his ankle by millimeters.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I think
0: it was at this point when the ladders hit the deck and everyone's on the deck as well. And you've got the big NWO logo on the mat, both guys on the mat, the ladder led there, That I thought to myself, "Wow, that, I don't know if it was the camera angle or what, that ring looks bloody tiny.
1: Mm yeah i mean wcw rings were quite small anyway weren't they what the 16 by 16s i think they were 18 by
0: 18 because the wwe rings were 20 by 20 weren't they Mm -hmm. something like that yeah (laughs) Uh, we then get a series of moments where both guys, well, you can see the image that Magsy has up for us there behind our, our beautiful little faces. Both guys climb the ropes at the same time. And this, uh, sorry, climb the ladder at the same time. And this is, you know, a, a well worked spot, a, a, a constantly revisited spot and ma- many a ladder matches from you know, the start of these contests to present day. But here we get a repetition of that spot, I think, three times.
1: Yeah, um, and one thing I did appreciate was, um, and it's another bugbear with ladder matches, that uh, when wrestlers uh, are climbing the ladders, they suddenly become the most tired people on the face of the earth and they're dragging themselves up one rung at a time. Six and Eddie Guerrero, to uh, to, to their respect, the first time they tried um, um, a spot on the ladder, they both climbed the ladder like a normal human being would climb a ladder. Uh, and that that spot ended with six doing a uh, a flying heel kick to knock uh, Eddie Eddie Greer off. I think the 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 second one was a little bit. I want to I want to say it looks it looks set up because uh, mm. six throws Eddie off, but Eddie. Way oversells the the landing <laughs> bounces off the ropes and bounces into the ladder to knock uh, to knock six off. Which I, assume, I I I get that that was the point, but it just looked over again overkill. Uh, that it was it was telegraphed. Um, but the third time they try it, and this is where the finish comes in. Um, for a ladder match, I thought that this was pretty unique.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean. I'd- I think it looks a bit clumsy and a bit off. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't tick all the boxes, but I think it should be applauded for trying to do something different. I mean, how many times have we seen somebody fall off the ladder and then pretend to lie there dead? whilst the other guy gets the belt or, you know, I think the amount of ladder matches we've seen, it can be difficult doing something different and this is different. So, you know, fair play to them. Uh, Both are at the top again and both guys get the belt. Both guys take the belt down. And then Eddie Guerrero hits six with the belt. They whilst both, both the have floor. still got
1: hold of the belt, that, yes. that's the that's the, um, the salient point that there is no winner as of yet mm-hmm. because they both got the belt. So whilst uh, they both got hold of it, uh, Eddie hits six with the belt, he falls, the belt falls, and Eddie basically jumps down and retrieves the belt. Uh, and again, the commentary pissed me off because there was no emotion shown about Mm. it at all. There was no, even, um, even if the result didn't go the NWR's way, you'd think there'd be like anger or disappointment, but Ted and, and, and Eric just, they sounded like they didn't give a shit. It was ridiculous.
0: Mm. I think the issue you also got is that it's two heel commentators.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you could have quite easily got around that by having, a, 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 I don't know, Tony Schiavone there. Yeah, as a mediator. Yeah, but being told, oh, you know, you're contracted to work pay-per-views, so you have to work it or you lose your job. So it explains why he's on an NWO. You know, again, used quotation marks there, an NWO pay-per-view as they tried to sell it. But it makes sense then, all of a sudden, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's, it's just so once added. Mm. Yeah, I think Bischoff... What, what,
0: what I've seen on Nitro Knights is that Bischoff is pretty good as a play-by-play guy. I, I quite like him but his doing his colour
1: is, is right. awful.
0: But I think when the turn happens and Bischoff joins the NWO, and obviously it, with our Nitro Knights project, we've not actually hit that point yet. But when it does happen, and then he starts doing commentary, he has Shivani alongside him, or he has Mike Taney alongside him. So he is then playing the bad guy, NWO, guy and it works because yeah, he's because good in that role you,
1: you, as well you need that uh yeah you need that uh person to feed off i mean look at uh one of our favorite um combinations with uh paul Heyman and jim ross mm-hmm. uh in that uh alliance era that they, they, they were golden because paul Heyman had jim ross to feed off
0: yeah
1: here with ted DiBiase, who is terrible on commentary anyway i mean every single time he's been on commentary it's been horrific Eric Bischoff doesn't have that kind of uh that filter uh and it, it just it becomes sanctimonious and yeah. Or oh. well, for me it's slapping. Oh. For me it's
0: he has to play the nwo guy role because he's gone it, it, it's so far into it at this point, he refers to himself as the king and, you know, it's good to be king and all that sort of stuff. I mean, even at the end of the pay-per-view when the, that they used to have the cast list and they, all the credits run at the end of the WCW pay-per-views, it says executive producer, Eric Bischoff, AKA the king, even on that. So he's gone hundred percent invested in this gimmick. So he, he has to still portray the slimy NWO arrogant heel.
1: Yeah, but he's I also get, get supposed,
0: it. yeah, he's also supposed to be doing the play-by-play, and I don't think you can do both. I think that makes, yeah. I think that's, he's literally given himself an impossible task. Yeah, you
1: need that balance. You definitely need that balance. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, out of ten, then Maxi, what are we thinking?
1: Now it's the, certainly the best match on this card, uh, but that's yes. not exactly something to write home about. Um, in terms of a, a, a ladder match, I've seen. Better, I've seen more exciting. And I think it, this match for me proves just how important the crowd and the commentary is to making uh, a good match seem like a, an excellent match. Um, but judging it from the in rings work, these were two of the, the most underappreciated wrestlers in WCW at this time. Um, and they, they stole the show for me, um, but it's not a hard show to steal. So I'm, I'm <laughs> I think I'm happy with giving it a seven. Okay,
0: yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That's exactly what I got. Seven out of ten, exactly. I, I think some of the some of the high spots from both guys flying from in the ring to the outside or off the top to the outside are spectacular, and that always earns points to me, provided it's not too crazy and you know predetermined i guess you know people stood there waiting to catch them and so on and i enjoy a ladder match anyway i think this one's done very well in the way that it's not about the ladder if you know what i mean similar to nowhere near as good but sean and scott hall had a great wrestlemania match at wrestlemania 10 that happens to have a ladder involved it wasn't a match about the ladder yeah. And I think this is kind of heading that same direction. This is a great ladder match, but it's not about the ladder. It's about the two guys, and, and they do enough without the ladder as well. But it, it's it's a bit clunky in places. And yeah, I, I think seven's decent enough. Seven's fair enough, I think, for me. Agreed. There we go, then. There we go. But I also do recommend people go and have a little look. Maybe in a couple of months' time, when we hit it with Nitro Nights, people can check it out as well. It's, it's a very unique show.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a show, it's a show worth watching just for uh, seeing how far do uh, we see that we try to push the NWR, uh, and you could see where they've gone too far. Uh, And it it should have been rained back a little bit.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're spot on, mate. You're spot on. So then (laughs) are you going to surprise us all and absolutely piss off the CWF and and, and Cam Griffin and is going to want to track you down in Burnley? Or are you going to be, you know, true to your word? Where do we
1: go next week? So when, um, when I uh, watched the match earlier this week and then uh, re watched it again earlier today, my instant thought went to WrestleMania um, because we're we finally are getting a match that, um, that's been coming for the last couple of years, but really it's been built for the last two decades. Uh, so it was confirmed this week that at, at WrestleMania we're going to see Ray take on his son Dominic, uh, and that that made me think of uh, the first time we really got a Dominic storyline, uh, with Ray versus Eddie in a ladder match for the parenthood for the, the the parental rights to Dominic, and I thought that would be a brilliant place to go. Should I Boris Johnson, these bastards, and, and promise something and then not deliver? Should this be my oven-ready Brexit deal when really I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feather my own nest? But no, I am not a Boris Johnson. I'm going to key a storm of these guys and I'm going to give them Gilbert. But I'm not just going to give them one Gilbert because one Gilbert match is around about... 30 40 seconds, so there's not really much meat on the bones there. Um, so I'm gonna start. Uh, first of all, the link I need to be able to link it to the last match, and the link is the light heavyweight tile. Um, six aka X pack was uh, a former light heavyweight champion, so pretty easy link there. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know. Gilbert only ever had one run with the light heavyweight title, which is shocking for a a glittering career such as his.
0: So underutilized.
1: I mean, you you are not wrong. (laughs) So, (laughs) firstly, I want to visit the... uh, episode of Raw from the 17th of November, 1998, where Gilbert wins the light heavyweight title by defeating Christian. Then, uh, and I, this may, may be a push, because I don't know if it's actually on the network, but I'm sure we'll be able to find a way around it. I want to uh, scoot forward to the 16th of February 1999. And on an episode of Sunday Night Heat, Gilbert has a European title match against Shane McMahon. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, money <laughs> Uh unfortunately comes up just a little bit short. Then I want to scoot forward a little bit more this time till the 31st of August 1999 and on the third ever episode of Smackdown Gilberg had a world heavyweight title match against Triple H. It's time.
0: Time to play the game It's all about the game And how you play it All about control And if you can take it
1: Again, just about coming up short And finally on the 8th of February 2000, <laughs> for God's Gil- sake, Gilbert drops his WWF lightweight Title. Bear in mind, he won this at the tail end of 1998. So, this guy has Roman Reigns this title <laughs> all the way through to the 2000s. Oh, listen he- to you! <laughs> and he drops this belt to S.A. Rios on an episode of Sunday Night Heat. So, that's and on my birthday as well, how can they do me dirty like that? On the 8th of February, they they met Gilbert, the longest reigning, undisputed, universal Light heavyweight champion of the world, lose to S.A. Rios on Sunday Night So those are the four matches that we'll cover. I don't just deliver, I over-deliver.
0: Why? And the thing is, all four of those matches will probably fit into to about 15
1: minutes. Right, so I'll, I'll, I'll give a spoiler alert. He loses the title in 46 seconds. <laughs> his world title match, it's almost as long as an Asylum cage match. That goes 1 minute 53. Uh, his match against Shane McMahon, it's a little bit shorter. 20 seconds, uh, and put the the match, and this is an epic, the match where he wins the towel. Two minutes 28 seconds.
0: Bloody hell! So less than 10 minutes, and really
1: <laughs> for four matches spanned over two years. Ah, uh, this is the show that keeps on giving.
0: Why? Okay, nine. I had two mindsets going into this poll. The first was, should I also link to Gilbert? Because it's obvious what's going to happen. The CWF are going to vote for this because they've all wanted it for so long. And there's a lot of comedy potential there. And there's loads of links out as well with all the different titles and shows and and opponents and so on. But then I thought, both of us link into that. Kind of hurts the integrity of the show. <laughs> so I integrity thought I've got to, of this show. Integrity. I thought I've got to put something up as an alternative, but at the same time, yeah, exactly like we're seeing in the in in the chat now. King Pig's butter says, "Sight gets a participation award this week." Dan Griffin saying, "Yeah, you're fucked this week, site. Yeah, totally. So I'm going to put something up on the poll that I don't expect to win. It's going to be absolute shite because it's going to get trained
1: fucking if it's barry windham no, versus lex luger
0: no mate i wouldn't waste a barry windham match <laughs> on, on, on this on a week we all when know i know it's just
1: barry windham with some face paint and a mustache
0: <laughs> <laughs> on a week when i know i'm gonna get tranked in the poll i'm not gonna put up something i actually want to watch no chance i'm gonna use nick patrick as the link oh. and we're going to well my option that will nowhere i'd be surprised if it gets any votes I, if this gets if this gets f- more than five percent in the poll i will be stunned because everyone wants to see gilberg nick patrick is the link nick patrick had a wrestling match invasion no you
1: are an arsehole against the earl hebner match
0: and it's nick patrick oh, versus earl hebner just to put something creepy. up mate because i'm gonna that's get supreme. destroyed you know, and it's sort all of keeps you're it. Not even, so you're not even making
1: well. it a challenge now.
0: You've what, given up. No, I've, I've given an alternative, my friend, <laughs> but we have kind of promised for a while a Gilbert appreciation evening. And what better weekend in the wrestling calendar to do that than um, the weekend I, of WrestleMania?
1: <laughs> I am going to butter the the electorate a little bit more as well, because I don't think we need to. Next week is Mags versus Sa, And I think that we should go the whole hog and have Mags versus Sa, and the topic be Gilbert. Five questions each like before. (laughs) If we can get five different questions each, let's do it. In fact, I'm even going to go one better. And one of the stalwarts of the CWF, I'm going to get Scottish Danny to write my questions. So Scottish Danny, DM me with five Gilberg questions, please, sir.
0: See, you're only doing that because Gilberg spent so much time on Sunday Night Heat, and Scottish Danny is a Sunday Night Heat expert.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was on Shotgun Saturday Night quite a few times as well. Danny likes that weekend shit as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh there we go then your poll next well i say poll what we're looking at next week will be
1: (laughs) this is going to be a trouncing on the levels of Labour's next election victory
0: (laughs) oh my goodness
1: you are losing all of your seats in in the house of commons uh... sir
0: we have gilberg appreciation night four title matches the opponents being Christian for the light heavyweight title, Shane McMahon for the European title, Triple H for the world heavyweight title, <laughs> and, SA, and SA Rios for the light heavyweight title. A combination of raw Sunday night heat, SmackDown, because obviously Gilbert got everywhere. Or we it, have it the referee. <laughs> <champion. laughs> <laughs> Or we have the two and two minute 30 second masterclass that is Nick Patrick versus Earl Hebner at the Invasion pay per view in 2001. Uh, your the poll will be up later in the week. Make sure you vote, retweet, etc. etc. etc.
1: Ah, oh,
0: Magsy, what have we got in the uh in the chat, my friend?
1: I have never smiled as much in, in all of my life. I'm, I'm genuinely, I mean, the Gilbert thing was a piss tech, but I'm genuinely excited to watch uh, a handful of Gilbert matches in the time it takes to have an ad break during Hollyhocks. That's amazing. Whoa, this is it. This is it. <laughs> uh, oh. Scottish Daddy says, Christian may be the only man to have faced Goldberg and Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that might be worth a, a check on on Cage match, actually. Oh, Triple H did. That's true. Ah, uh, okay. Gilbert defended the title on the on the Indies too, better than Roman. Yeah, he he was a fighting champion. He really, really was. I mean, he faced Takamichi Shinoku, Mark Miro. He was part of the job squad, if we remember. Um, he teamed up with the Blue Mini a lot. Um, yeah, the the guy, the guy did he did his he paid his dues, and then got the the title matches that he so so heartedly deserved. Sa is getting a Partition Award this week. Yeah, you're fucked this week, sir.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: And you did let Dan down by not having a, a Barry Windham match. Barry Windham versus Dwayne Gill. I mean, is that a match that you could have had? happened that happen? oh, I up. mean, you've got to remember that Dwayne Gill was one of the executioners as well. So... um he, he did do the rounds. Perhaps he did. They, I know they, they had a lot of uh, house show matches with the head shrinkers. Um, Scottish Danny's in your side. It, it looks like he's gone for the epic referees match. If you'd have picked Barry, you'd get my vote. Oh, so you've missed a trick there, sir. Uh, Kings, Pigs, banner. I'd have got one uh, vote, look. Bloody hell. That's one more that I'm going to get. Dan Griffith says if I if ever I wanted to do a 50-50, I mean this would be oh the ideal God. time to do a 50-50 <laughs> because it's still about 14 minutes of wrestling to, to to cram in. So if you want a 50-50 lads, absolutely go ahead. Uh King's Banners again, he's the same. 50-50 would be awesome. And Dan says, five Gilbert matches, guess the length, closest wins. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. He's actually lasted quite a a bit of time sometimes. He's 3 minutes 32, um, 2 minutes 17, 56 minutes 38. But that was a Royal Rumble that he was involved in, and he wasn't in it for all of that time, remember? (laughs) But, yeah, it's uh, going to be fun next week. This is the best one for a 50-50. Barry Horowitz. And Wyndham versus Gill never happened, according to Cage Match. What? That's leaving money on the table right there, That's isn't it?
0: That's disgusting. Ridiculous. Dark. Imagine the high-quality five-star Dave Meltzer Tokyo Dome contest Dwayne Gill could have carried Barry to.
1: I know. Shocking. Shocking. <sighs> but, yeah. Vote Mags for, for Gilbert
0: there we go there we go uh thank you so so much everybody in the chat for joining us again and you, you know all your fantastic basket. comments and <laughs> all the, the the tweets the votes the all, all that great stuff everyone does we love you all it's been fantastic again i i'm not gonna lie you know sometimes you sort of think uh you know this afternoon i was a bit like oh, bloody hell Chambers in and it's not like I didn't want to do it. I was, I was still looking forward to it, but I wasn't as enthusiastic after watching this match. And I said to Sharon, "No date when it starts, I bloody love it," and I yeah. did. I absolutely loved it, yeah. you know. So, and it's testament to yourself, magsy and to everyone in the chat as well. I love doing this show. Everyone we get, uh, everyone in the CWF are just fantastic, aren't
1: they? Yeah, uh, I can't echo those thoughts enough. For for me, the wrestling is—it's like the end credits of the show. <laughs> um, the bit that we we cling to as a as a topic, when really it's all about chatting with you guys and and listening to the ridiculous situations you've been in and 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 the ridiculous situations that we've been in, and just having just having um, a chinwag with with very good friends. We absolutely love all of you. You are absolutely amazing, and we say it pretty much weekly. But this is your show, and it would not have been. A hundred plus episodes old if if we'd have stuck with the original format. You guys have made this show way much better than it ever yeah. was. So we we'll always appreciate you for that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But I cannot anyway, agree enough. Vote Gilberg, yes, indeed. Uh Mag-Z, whereabouts can people find you online? And no doubt this week they will be able to find you online as you drum up support for your Gilberg. Uh,
1: I don't think I need campaign. to. I don't think I need to. <laughs> you think this is this is it's it's a sure thing. This is this is when you put a weak candidate in because you know that that they're never going to vote for the the opposition. So
0: that was my yeah. mindset.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I may be around actually this weekend because it's it's WrestleMania, uh, yeah, and I'll definitely yeah. be watching both uh, uh, both Nats and NXT and the Hall of uh, of, of Fame. Um, So, yeah, you might find me down here on the Twitter at Podfather Mags uh, or follow me on TikTok at uh, Mags All Pods where I haven't made a video in a long, long time, but in the very near future, I think uh, I'll be having some new additions to my TikTok video repertoire. Um, And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Sarnos and that's it. But yeah, follow me on TikTok and on, on Twitter.
0: I do know, and I'm not going to, you know, give it away, but this isn't what, you know, I know of, but I'm saying if we don't get a Gilbert TikTok video this week from your good self, then th- there's something seriously wrong with this world.
1: I mean, I, I can make it happen.
0: <laughs> there we go. Uh, anything I am involved in, you can find on the network that carries this show. That's SJP World Media on all your podcast player platforms and providers. Make sure you're giving us a follow. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Subscribe on all your Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Leave us a big fat five-star review because we're bloody fantastic. And also follow the network on Facebook and Twitter as well, at SJP World Media. But most importantly, you can follow this show, get involved in the poll and on wrestling topic, at Chain underscore Wrestling. That's at Chain underscore Wrestling on facebook instagram twitter and that TikTok tock thing of me but it's only twitter and facebook i use so i just roll that bit out now because it's just force of habit i guess but there we go thank you so so much to everybody once again for joining us in the chat on the live show uh thank you so much in advance to everybody who will no doubt listen to the audio version later in the week because you guys are fantastic as well mm-hmm. Remember, WrestleMania weekend, payday sale in the merch store. Get yourself some goodies. It helps run and fund the network and this show as well. Maxie, I'm off now to frantically search the internet for Barry Windham versus Shawn Michaels because it must have happened somewhere. I'll
1: speak to you next week, my friend. That's a sour fever dream if I've ever heard (laughs)
0: Here, don't you? This is Gilbert! This is the man called Gilbert! Yes! What are you laughing at? Gilbert. Can you not feel the anticipation, the electricity in this sold-out capacity crowd here? Yeah, the electricity's running through it. He must be piping this Gilbert chant through the PA system. And there he is! A man called King!